0: to the Dissident Daughters podcast. This is Ada and I am so excited for today. I have a really special guest, somebody I just freaking love, 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 love. If you have listened to my podcast at all, (laughs) you've probably heard me mention her. I'm, I've mentioned you a lot in, uh, I don't know, at least half my episodes are about you or I, I mention you. So we have Amy Logan here today. Yay.
1: <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, I wish we were neighbors. Could we I
0: live know. Next door Could <laughs> we live next door? I
1: know.
0: I would oh. love that. Oh my gosh. So if you don't know Amy Logan, I don't know. You're living under a rock, but she. <laughs> She's the creator and the podcast Ex-Mormonology. Yes, yes. She's a life coach. She's a TikTok influencer. <laughs> oh, I'm so not. <laughs> ah, Thank you, though. I love her so much. She is doing incredible work in the Ex-Mormon community. I'll just say a little background of how I, how I came to meet you was my sister-in-law, I don't know how she found you, but she found you first. And then she told me, you got to check out this Ex-Wormonology podcast. And I listened. And from the very first episode, I was hooked. And I think it just hit me at the right moment when I was needing your content so much because you were coming from a place of healing and like not judging like the process of the whole faith crisis But like, it just felt, it felt different, right? I wasn't getting that content from anybody else. I was, I had been going through about a year of deconstruction and maybe only about six months of like, actually, I'm out of the church. And I was still in the angry phase. I was still, you know, which I still am. Sometimes I go back there. Me too. But like, there was so much of me kind of floundering going like, what do I do now? Where do I go now? And like, not knowing how to feel, I was judging myself terribly about how I was doing this, if I was leaving right or not, you know. Anyways, listening to your podcast was just an absolute lifeline. Um, You have so much wisdom. You are like the OG (laughs) ex-Mormon in my eyes. (laughs) I know there's other. The I know there's other ogs, oh but you've been doing this a very long time. So
1: yeah.
0: I would love for you to kind of tell us a little bit about your background and how you got to this space and 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 what you're doing because I freaking love it.
1: Okay, well I'm Amy Logan, <laughs> host of Ex Mormonology and life coach, and yeah, yes. I mean, you know, I had a faith crisis, and I think if you know what a faith crisis is, that sums it up. Right? Yeah it just kind of is all inclusive and mine started back and I won't go into all the details. Cause I think it's like I've said before, like we sing the same song. Like if you've lived through a faith crisis, you know, the whole story. Yes. Yeah. Born and raised in the church, did all the things, all the things went to BYU, got married. I mean, these are super, super cliff notes. And, and uh-huh. so I'm 52. So my faith crisis started in 2006 when I was 36 ish. And Just kind of going back to what you said, like, social media wasn't what it is today. Oh, yeah. So it was so... Can I swear?
0: Yes, please swear.
1: Okay. (laughs) You know I swear, but I don't know if... You know. It was so fucking scary. I mean, I don't think it matters whether social media is there or not. It's still so scary to go through what you're going to go through.
0: Yes, but social media was huge for me because... I found community immediately. It wasn't that hard to find support groups, to find other people who were talking about the same issues in 2006. That did not exist.
1: No, it didn't. And I lived in the closet for a really long time, like years, because I just didn't know anybody. Yeah. And I live in Utah. And of course I was living in Utah at that point too. And so my, my family was all in California. I was the only fam my family member, my husband at the time, his whole family lived here, and they were all Mormon, and they all lived within thirty minutes of each other. Mm. And I'm like, "Oh my gosh, I'm the apostate! Like I'm the one!" And I just was so scared to tell anybody. So yeah, I think now they're not that it's a speed up. Maybe it's easier. I don't know, but it's like because there's community. Yeah, I think you do go through some of those initial stages. Maybe quicker than I did. I, I
0: think so. Years, and years there. I yeah. do think it's a speed up.
1: I, uh, and
0: th- at least in my experience. It yeah. does speed it up because mm-hmm. when you're able to talk about it, just talking about it yes. is like right. therapy and getting it all, just vomiting it out of your brain to anyone. And especially strangers. For some reason, like online, you're just, you feel more free to talk about yeah. stuff, and then and you hear other people's stories, and I don't know, that sped up the process a lot for me, though.
1: Yeah. Well, like, think about it. So, I had a YouTube channel that I started yes. in, I think it was 2012, okay. and... So that's six years. It took yeah. me six years to feel like okay. I was the one crying in my closet or in my bedroom or whatever at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah, where there I didn't find anyone on YouTube. I didn't see anyone that looked like me. Really, a woman who was going through this? No yeah. one back then. I'd. I mean, and there was one group. It was an anonymous online group. Mm that it was called new order mormon which i even hated the name i'm like oh my gosh this sounds like a cult now like i was so oh my god yes
0: yes
1: (laughs) but it wasn't but it was a place where you could just post anonymously my name was wondering why because i was like why why is this happening you know so i could have a few questions answered but it was my obsession because it was just these little uh, what's it called? Avatars. You know, people would have an avatar. Uh huh. Um, mine was Jennifer Aniston, of course. Because ah! <laughs> I love her. Way back, I know. She's the best. Anyway, yeah, it was so hard. So when I started my, <sighs> my YouTube channel, I called it Soul Searching Girl. Okay. Because I feel like there's so much soul searching that you have to do. Oh, yeah. Because you just, your whole life's flipped upside down. Totally. And totally. I, I did go a little wild. I did. You know, I didn't know. I had, I didn't know what to do. And when everything is crumbling around you, and you feel like you're the crazy one, you're like, well, what the hell? Yeah. You know, those feelings of like, well, if it's not true, nothing really matters anymore.
0: That yeah. was part of
1: my thinking at the time. Yeah. And that I just refer to that phase of my life, probably from 2006 to 2009, just mm-hmm. kind of my free falling years.
0: Free fall. Yeah. Yeah. Because so, so nobody's there stuff. to catch you. Oh. Yeah, I
1: had one friend, and we would talk occasionally, not a lot. She didn't live in, you know, near me. Mm-hmm. um But that was kind of it, because you know, you know how you put out the testers. Like I try to talk to my sister. yeah And my mom was good. Like I was one of the lucky ones. Like no one disowned me. That's right? Good. Like yeah. my my family was like, okay, we love you anyway, which mm-hmm. is like a little mm-hmm. dismissive, but you know, yeah, yeah. that's the way it goes. Um. It was just so scary, so scary. So when I started that, I'm like, I need to put a face to this. I need people like me to know. Because there were men in that world. Yes, that a few. posting and doing podcasts and stuff. But I'm like, but I need someone that's talking to me. And I didn't find it. So I'm like, I can be that for someone else. Oh, I
0: love that so much. <laughs> I mean, that says so, a lot about you. I just oh, I love you. I are your YouTube videos still up?
1: They are still there. I don't okay. really actively put up videos. But you've anymore. got your old
0: content there?
1: Yeah, it's all there, and I, from two thousand twelve, the minute I started posting, till I don't know, it was several years. I mean, I emailed back and forth with hundreds of people back really? then, mm-hmm. and just people in the same boat. And so, yeah. I wasn't officially a life coach at the time, but yeah. like I was like I was life coaching people. Yeah. I mean, it was just like I know where you are, I know where you're going, I know this is gonna suck for a long time.
0: Yeah, and
1: this is. This is what helped me.
0: So you immediately felt like, okay, this is needed in the world. Like Absolutely. there is clearly yeah. a need because people are reaching out to you saying, help me. <laughs> I'm yeah. I'm in that space. Oh, yeah.
1: And it's only gotten bigger. Oh, yeah. And things are happening so quickly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I mean, as far as like more things are coming out, it's just like the dominoes have started. Yeah. And I've been saying that for years. When I started going through this, and then mm-hmm. you see a few people waking up here and there, but now it's like so many people, which is exciting. Yes, yes. But it's also scary because I know it's like as everyone, each one of us, wake up, it's yeah. like being unplugged from the or unplugged from the matrix, and you're just totally. like, what the what the fuck is happening?
0: Totally. Yeah. yeah. So so that's actually I'm curious about that. I think there was a conversation on Reddit yesterday about this. Is is the church really crashing and burning like we think it is, or are we uh, in a bubble? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and so since you've been here for so much longer, do you genuinely see like an yeah. increase, a snowballing of of this yeah. ex Mormon stuff?
1: I think it's as big as probably we would think it should be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think for sure. I mean, yeah. the fact. That the, like the signs that tell me that is are the things that they're talking about in general conference. right? Yeah. Like they're addressing it in their way that they do. Yeah. The
0: people who are leaving, they're talking yeah, about Yeah. And just us. the numbers, mm-hmm. the numbers
1: of people in the Exmo groups mm-hmm. from Reddit all the way to Facebook, to yeah. TikTok, to all the places. I
0: think I heard some statistic that, um, there's like 5,000 new people on Exmormon Reddit every month. Really? Something like that. We're up to like yeah. 275,000. 100. Yeah. And
1: the first time I was even aware of Reddit, it was under a hundred thousand. I still don't uh-huh. frequent Reddit. I get very like, it's my brain can't handle Reddit. Like, oh it's, yeah. Not, not because of the content, but because of like visually I'm like, how does this work? I, know, and then <laughs> I get frustrated and I yeah. turn off because it's like all these threads. Yeah. It's and
0: confusing and yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it everything's growing uh-huh. as far as ex uh, members leaving. And I yeah. think like Jim and I talk about this all the time. So you, you know, Jim, Jim mm-hmm. is my partner, and we do a little side thing on my Ex-Mormonology podcast yes. called the Irreverent. Oh, which we I love are, it we are overdue so much. For, <laughs> we're overdue for another one. But we were, you know, we talk about the church all the time. Yeah. And, oh, my gosh, I just lost my train of thought.
0: Um, about, like, the number of people
1: leaving. The number of people Oh my gosh, it totally left my brain. It will come back. It will come back. Okay, no, the internet. Oh, okay. I mean, like, since the internet has come out, like, the church can't control the information anymore. Totally. And so here we are. It's like, we can find whatever we want. It's not like back Uh in the day where we only had Encyclopedia Britannica's to get our information from.
0: Yeah. Yeah, where (laughs) did you even get your information in 2006? Did you get it from the internet? Or... Like when you started asking questions, where were you going to look for answers?
1: Yeah, so um, I had had doubts for years. So when I say I was slow to this, I didn't trust myself. To
0: follow mm, of course not, I, because you were a good Mormon. Ways. You're not supposed to yeah. trust yourself.
1: <laughs> no, and don't read any don't right. read any material out that's not supported by the church. So, polygamy was always my first issue. Yeah. That I was like, I don't feel right about this. And my husband would always say, Well, it will be a choice. We don't have to do it if we don't want in the next Mm. life. But I'm, and in my head now, I'm thinking, But that means it's real.
0: Oof. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Like, if it's a choice. Anyway. So, he knew I was having doubts. He actually bought me the book Rough Stone Rolling by Richard Bush
0: oh
1: and I think that came out in 2005 I so now in yep. 2006 and mm-hmm. I consumed it like I could not get enough of it and you know how if you've read that book it's still very insulated <laughs> I mean he it's takes it terrible to the, <laughs> he takes it to the edge but not over yes yeah, but that's fine I let my by, yeah. the, by the time I finished that book which I know a lot of people are like oh it's hard to read because it is a history book basically yeah but I'm like, how did I not know this?
0: Yes. Okay. Now, I
1: didn't know, for example, that Joseph Smith had multiple wives and like really? all of that. Yeah. Yeah. there was. I just didn't know anything. So yeah. that was just, that was kind of my launch pad. Okay. And then I remember going to the library and getting some books. Like I think I read, um, oh, what's it called? Mormon Enigma. Oh. That was a great one. Yeah. Um, Insider's View of Mormon Origins. I think that was another one. And his name is just... He was still alive when I was going through all that. The author of that book, hmm. Palmer, Grant Palmer. Oh yeah. And I, I just started reading. I read, read, consumed, consumed, and then became obsessed. Okay. So I spent a lot of time on that website that I was telling you. Knew yeah. Mormon, And just trying to, you know, you just want to be validated. Yes. And you're, you're, you're hearing people say, I know what you're going through. Yeah.
0: And obsessed is the right word. I mean, mm-hmm. for what I experienced, too. Yeah, like
1: I couldn't get enough. I
0: could not get enough. I It was as if I had another part-time job. Um, mm-hmm. On top of my oh. regular life, I was probably spending at least 20 hours a week oh, reading, yeah, not more. researching, yeah. listening to podcasts. I mean, and by the time I went through it two years ago, three years ago, yeah, there was all the things. So right. uh, there probably wasn't hardly any podcasts when you were...
1: Um. The big one was, Uh had started like maybe a hundred episodes on that. Oh, okay. um, With Mormon stories. I want to say maybe it wasn't quite, I can't remember, but it was very in its beginning.
0: Yeah. And it was totally different in the beginning. Yeah. Right. He was
1: still searching and trying to figure things out. So yeah, yeah, that was interesting. My lifeline at the time. You know, just feeling like you are the emperor's new clothes. Like you're like, can can no one see this? Like, am I the crazy one? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So super hard, super.
0: So I can I can totally see how your journey brought you to want to do life coaching. I mean, it seems like a a really kind of logical step. I mean, I've even felt the same way. Like, okay, well now I want to help people. You know, now now I want to find what can I do to help this community, to help people who are going through the same thing. And Mm -hmm. so tell me about that. Um, You started your YouTube channel first and you start like talking to people and such. And you you've had multiple different careers and businesses and Mm -hmm. stuff. So was it just kind of like a transition period? And you were like, I'm ready to do something new.
1: Yeah, well, it's what I always wanted to do. I even hired this one life coach. I mean, like post faith crisis. And once I got my feet under me, I think you need to have your feet under you because it's it's so distable, like distabling. Is that the right word? You feel Uh, so unstable. Unstable. You can't get your bearings, you know, for a while. So once I was able to do that, which for me was... Quite a while, yeah. Because I was trying to find out who I was, if if my whole, I you know, I refer to it as my etch a sketch. My whole etch a sketch was Mm. now clear, yeah. And I'm like, what do I want to keep? What makes sense? What What do I think is right or wrong? So I spent that six years just flailing around and figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And then 2012, I started the YouTube channel, and I had full full plans to start life coaching back then, but I hired a lady. I was her apprentice. I paid her so much money and it just didn't click with me at the time i didn't mm. feel like i had tools to actually help people so then i was kind of distracted by i've always um my what i did before i should say during all this time i had a business called tiny touches mm-hmm. and it was a ceramic hand and foot impression business which i loved i loved that i, I did that from 2012 2000, 2000 to 2012. Oh, okay. And I sold that business when I was going to go into life coaching, mm. and then I got distracted again by another business I started, <laughs> which was Soul Candy, which I made little inspirational ceramic pocket stone. So I've always had my hands Aww. in place for a really long time. Yeah. And then I just, I couldn't ignore it anymore. I'm like, no, this is what I need to be doing.
0: Yeah.
1: I need to be helping people. And I know there's kind of, like, I hear some scuttlebutt in the community about profiting off of people's pain and all of this stuff. Oh, in which, geez. But who better? I know I know it backwards and forwards. I know uh-huh. your journey. I
0: mean, yeah. we all
1: have our differences, but whatever. Those people can just not come to me. That's fine. <laughs> it right. doesn't matter. Yeah. But, um, and then, yeah. So then in that time period, it was probably been about four years now. I went and I, I found a, a life coaching school that I loved and I just went all in. And I've been doing that for about four years now and helped and coached hundreds of people. Yeah, you know, just in that space, and it's funny, and you can attest to this. It's like we're not always talking about the church,
0: right? Right? Oh, but yeah. We're
1: coaching. It's like because the church's influence in our life has branches into every aspect of our lives, every
0: freaking aspect of our lives. Yeah, yeah. And so we're, the deeper we're... you go, and the more work you do, the more you realize it infected every single space of your life.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what's so. Frustrating because you're like, okay, fine, I get it. The church isn't true. Uh-huh. But then you don't realize how connected it is to just who you believe you are, just as a human in this world. Yep. And how you, what your relationship is like with your partner or your kids or your friends. You find out who were situational friends and
0: 100%. You go through that whole
1: period of like, I would have done everything differently. Like, I would have picked a different career. I would have married someone different or not gotten married at all or not had kids at all or,
0: like, yes. or
1: whatever. Like you just start realizing that every decision you've made in life was just to keep you on the straight and narrow. Yeah. And I think that's so frustrating to go.
0: Oh 100%. There's so yeah. many what ifs like mm-hmm. what if I hadn't been, you know, raised in the church, mm-hmm. like things would have been totally different.
1: Yeah. And what I love to help people with is going, okay, but that's what is. Right? Like yeah. you did do this. This is these. This is how you have arrived to be who you are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think I think a big problem I see is we kind of glamorize or perfect the other road.
0: Totally. Yes. Yeah.
1: If I had taken this other road, I would have been happier. Yeah. And the truth is you, you have no this. idea. You have no idea. And you, you have a human brain that's unmanaged.
0: OK. Yeah,
1: and so then we spin in the space of well, it would have been so much better if I just never was Mormon. And uh-huh. what I want to help people see is, no, actually, the fact that you've literally lived through this to get to where you are now is what makes you amazing. Yeah, because you you have to do this. Is where I geek out. So just you're talk good. To be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> like what you've had to do in your own brain. Yeah. To unravel what was Mormonism to you.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: That's what makes you a superhero to me. Right. Because yeah. not everybody has to deconstruct their whole life. <sighs> yeah. And not that it's easy, because we know it's no. super hard. I'm, like, I'm trying to hold back tears right now, because I know how hard it is. Yeah. But I think people start using it as, like, life would have been better if...
0: Yeah. So, and like, just, you get kind surprised. of stuck in, like, a, a space of regret or something. Yeah. yeah. I I personally haven't struggled with that, but I know a lot of people who have, and maybe it's just because I really like where I'm at. So I, even though this whole faith crisis and everything was an absolute shit show and I mean, incredibly painful, I also wouldn't change it. Like I, I mean, I feel like that's, I don't know, the pendulum swings. It's like Mm -hmm. that much pain also equals like that much happiness on the other side of it kind of. Totally. Yeah. And so, and I had, I, I had a good life too. I'm pretty, I'm pretty lucky that I did not suffer terrible abuse from the church. You know, the church was actually good, good to me. It was a good space for me. It was, I would have said I was totally happy in the church. Yeah,
1: Yeah, me too.
0: And now it's funny to say that because it's only after that I realize how much pain I actually had. Like when you suddenly, like when you leave the church and you don't need antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds anymore, or your dose goes way down because you're like, I'm having way more good days. And I didn't think that I was... Struggling mightily in the church. I really didn't. I thought I was no, fine. You can't,
1: yeah, you can't see the connection. And yeah. And I don't want to make like like I like that you brought this up. Like there is trauma in the church.
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent there is. There
1: there is pain mm-hmm. for sure. And you know, I help my clients through that too as well. But yeah. Um, yeah, we all come to the table with a different experience. Yeah. For sure.
0: I mean, I hear other people's stories and I just cannot believe the trauma that people have been through in the church. It's... Oh, yeah. And it's never-ending. It's like, there's a never-ending number of stories to hear about other people's traumas. So, I mean, I don't know. I know it's not a good idea to, like, compare trauma. But but I genuinely think, like, oh, my experience was a cakewalk compared to what a lot of people... Have experienced. So like when I found you and I just like binged all of your episodes at the time that I found you, I think maybe you had like, I don't know, 20 or 30 episodes or so. Okay. And I just like binged all of them. Aren't you like, are you on a hundred? I think you're 99. Next next week will be
1: 100. 100? Woohoo! Are you going to do a big (laughs) party? Yeah, I'm in the process of kind of putting it all together right oh, now. Oh, fun. This is so crazy. I can't believe yeah,
0: it. Yeah, 100. That's a big deal. So this is, this is my number 20. <laughs> so we've just barely started. But yeah, I just, I binged them all. And then I was like, I need more. I just, I need, I need more. And I genuinely felt like you were just my friend, even though you didn't even know me. I was like, you're my friend. I am making you my friend. I love it. And yeah. And so then I just reached out to you and started doing coaching. And like you said, it's not, we're not always talking about the church. The main thing, and what I have experienced has been so different. And I I don't say that therapy is not good, but my experience has been so different than when I've gone to therapy. And it's, I felt like, I kept going to, you know, different therapists. I was never really finding the right fit. I never really felt like I got like concrete things that I could take away, that I could, yes, I could talk through things. And that's definitely helpful sometimes. But like when I started doing life coaching with you, I immediately felt like. You gave me, you gave me steps. You gave, you gave me a checklist. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe that's what we need. We've been in the Mormon church too long, so we need a checklist. But no, like you gave me actual, actionable things that I could work on. Mm -hmm. And they were so helpful. So tell me a little bit, like tell the listeners, I know, but tell the listeners a little bit about... Like what that looks like, what life coaching looks like. Because for me, it it really was life changing. Like I tell everyone I know, like get a life coach. It's the best thing ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because when I was becoming a life coach, I was like, oh, there's so much like people make fun of life coaches. <laughs> so yeah. I had to just, I just owned it. Once I'm like, well, that's what I am. Yeah. And it, you know what? Ever-
0: I totally get that because I'm a realtor and in every TV show, in every movie, the realtor is the butt of every joke. Yes. They're always the biggest idiot in the room. Like yeah. realtors are worse than used car salesmen. And I'm just like, well, that's what I am. I guess I yeah. just have to own yeah. it. Yeah. yeah,
1: And so, you just do your thing in the yeah. way that you do it. And yeah. that's what I do. <laughs> I mean, the experiences I've had with my clients, like just like with you, like that's to me, that's sacred space.
0: Yeah. You
1: know, like we come out of that using that word in such a like temple kind of way. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I'm reclaiming some of these words. Mm -hmm. And my coaching to me is that sacred space because people share their deepest things with me, you know, and we go to those places that are hard and heavy and we sit with it. But um, anyway, yeah. So yeah, I forgot your question.
0: Um, just like what what the work is that you do, like oh, how yeah, you yeah. work through.
1: Yeah, the- I, right. Because so I just take people through. I have every week, like I have a, my initial is a, a two-month program. So you okay. kind of commit to that with me. Mm-hmm. And I have a tool that I teach you each week. And then yeah. I give you homework that coincides with that tool. And sometimes we slow down. Sometimes we go back. You know, it just kind of depends where you are and what you need. Yeah. And I just kind of let that guide me like, okay, I think this would be helpful for you now. Yeah. But it's just kind of like a series of tools, actual things you can do in your life Mm -hmm. to start managing your brain. Yeah. And that is the part. No one's ever taught us how to manage our brain. No one's taught us how to feel our feelings without thinking our feelings. No one's ever taught us, at least for me, I, yeah. I should just speak for me, but for the clients who come to me, they're like, Oh my gosh, what? Yeah. How, I didn't know this.
0: Totally. <laughs> so
1: so yeah. I know that the tools that I use with my clients is what I use with me because I too am a human yeah. with a human brain that mm-hmm. needs to manage my own thoughts and feelings as mm-hmm. well. Some days I'm great. Other days I'm like, you wouldn't think i had a tool in the world to use.
0: <laughs> we have thinks. to still have those days.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. You have to. Um, and so i just really guide my clients. I never tell you what to do. I don't tell you what to think. Yeah. But i i can teach you how to manage your brain so cuz i believe you are the authority of your life. Yeah. Which is such a beautiful place to arrive. Like yeah. i'm the authority of my life. You know, you know how we were taught. There was a whole hierarchy of men between Mm -hmm. me and if there is a God. Yeah. Everyone was a man. Yep. And so, and we even have the term church authority, Uh which means I'm not the authority. The church is the authority.
0: The church is the authority.
1: And so I'm all about you helping you see that you're your own authority and how to do that. That doesn't mean you're going to get it right every time. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. Yeah. But when you own the good and the bad, so to speak. Yeah. I think you are more empowered to yeah. make better decisions, to, to process the pain and heartache that we experience. And like we've talked about before, it's not just from the church, but it's just in every area of our life. Like right. we have <clears throat> pain and heartache and we will continue to because we're human. Yeah, And this just, my structure that I use with my clients is to kind of just give you a box of tools to choose from so that whenever you're going through a hard time, you're like, okay, that's right. Let me collect myself. Yes. This is how I can help. My- Cause I think we want other people to do it for us. Totally. <laughs> we want, we want like our husband to change. So he's <sighs> different. Our kids not to behave in a certain way so we can feel a certain way. Yeah. And when we can get to the point where no one has to change who they are for us to love them or for us to leave them. Yeah. We own it. It doesn't matter what the circumstances. It doesn't matter if it's a boss at work or crazy person driving down the freeway. Right, right. We, we take responsibility. For yeah, and that
0: feels super empowering. I know, like, well, for me, most of our, my sessions with you have been about relationships. Like, mm-hmm. my relationship with my mom, my sisters, my husband, my kids, right? And, um... Oh, I thought I forgot where I was going. Oh, so one of the things like I've always found um, writing therapeutic, like just getting my thoughts out, you know, on paper. And, and I remember one of the exercises you had me do, you called just like a brain dump, right? And it was just like getting everything out of my brain down and not like, not like making it perfect, not like not worrying about sentence structure or grammar or you know anything, just like dumping it out, just all of it, all the things getting out, and then and then you had me go back and look at what I had written and underline the facts. <laughs> Do you remember this? Yeah, and I was like mind blown <laughs> because when I actually Here's the thing. You get stuck in in your brain and what you're feeling and thinking and you think it's true. Oh, but my. when you actually look at your thoughts on paper with like a real curiosity of like, okay, what am I making this mean? And mm-hmm. what am I saying? And is this actually true? It's right. so mind-blowing.
1: <laughs> it's life-changing, Like I'm right? getting
0: chills right now.
1: I know. I love it. I love it. Yeah. I loved it so
0: much. Like that just like... Blew me away how much what I was thinking was true was not necessarily true. And I think it really requires us to get super curious and to be, like, open-minded about changing our minds, right, about things. And the fact that we've (laughs) had a faith crisis tells us we know how to change our minds, right? Right. And, like, that's super empowering to be like, I had an entire paradigm shift of my entire life so I can change my mind about this little tiny thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I can learn new information and I can say, "Oh, I was wrong about something. I and yeah. and now I know this or or whatever. You can just more easily take in new information and change your mind, right?
1: Yeah, and that's that's what I always say. It's like you went through one of the biggest paradigm shifts that you can go through. So you can have a paradigm shift about your body, about your relationship, yes. about your sexuality, about anything that you feel is tethering you to the Stuckville.
0: Yes, the Stockville to
1: the Stuckville. I make. love that Stuckville. <laughs> I'm in Stuckville. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've all been there. And it's just yeah. like, ugh, you get the yucks there. Because it's just like, and then, like you said, like, what am I making this mean about me? Oh, my gosh, I'm stuck now I'm a failure or I don't know how to move forward or I'm not worthy or I'm never going to figure this out. And it's like, Uh no, I just need you to slow your brain down for a minute. Uh (laughs) I need you to reevaluate those thoughts because that's what's keeping you stuck. It's not a person. It's not something outside of you. It is something inside of you. Uh And I think slowing down is the hardest piece for most of us right now, because we Uh live in a world where, it's everything's fast paced if we're bored with a tick tock in two seconds we scroll on like <laughs> our attention span is shrinking it's so short <laughs> so to be able to like slow your brain down and just go okay this is my life i'm the boss mm-hmm. i am the authority of my life what do i want
0: yeah which is yeah. really empowering but also really scary
1: it is scary right yes. because you can't blame anybody else <laughs> <laughs> It is so much easier to stay in blame. And Mm. you had mentioned like, like seeing your thoughts and and seeing what's true or not. Mm. I, this is where i like, I want all the people who are constantly like my family, so much drama. My family is toxic. No, Mm. come sit by me and we're going to reframe this
0: Mm. because
1: when drama is really just your thoughts on the
0: loose, Mm like
1: what someone else is doing and you're most likely probably not willing to put up a boundary. Ah. And so that, that drama just keeps replaying.
0: Yes. And like
1: you said, then we just blame the other people.
0: <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. And then
1: toxic is like, um, I mean, I, I know there are some terrible situations people find themselves in, but when we can reframe how we speak about it and how we think about it, mm. we can then like that slowing down that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. then we can see, not that our, not our role in it necessarily, but like, okay, that can all continue on, but I'm going to remove myself or I'm mm. going to make the changes I need, not worrying about changing the other people. And I'm not talking about like yeah. extreme abuse and right, things right. like that, but just like, I think we're so quickly, we quickly use the the words toxic and drama. Uh. It's it's just become a thing. And then that is the blame. Yes. And it just keeps going round and round. Because you can,
0: like, label it. You're labeling it so that you can not, I don't know, take ownership of, of your part in it? Is that what... Or yeah, am I not yeah. getting that right?
1: Well, I mean, we all have a part in anything. But it's like, like I said earlier, like, the boundary. Like, okay, if you're tired of the drama, quote, unquote, mm-hmm. then you can do something about it. But that's the part we don't like because the confrontation yeah. part. And if someone gets mad... It's okay if they're mad. Yeah. (laughs) We're so afraid. And that too, see, this is how it's all tied because that's tied to our conditioning. Mm -hmm. That um, contention or anger or frustration or any feeling that's negative is from the devil, right? Totally. Or something we're not supposed to feel, not supposed to be angry. It's like, no, we can feel all of that. That's okay. I think those are actually signs of something else. Like what's underneath all that. Yeah,
0: like listen to yourself instead of pushing it aside and saying, I shouldn't be angry or I shouldn't feel this way or I'm, I, you know, don't want this. So I'm going to ignore it instead of that. Like listen to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a podcast. I think I call it the emotional time capsule. Yes. And it's oh my gosh.
0: That's like my favorite episode.
1: Yeah. Because what happens is we're so used to pushing our emotions away and letting them, you know, brushing them under the rug, or like I say, putting them in an emotional time capsule that you're going to open at some point because they don't go anywhere. They're
0: just going to sit there and wait for you.
1: Totally. And something's going to come along and pull them all out. And this is the problem. We bring all the, those emotions to the, to the party, whether we're having a pity party or whether we're angry or whether we're in a in a relationship we don't want to be in or whatever, Mm -hmm. then we unearth that emotional time capsule and we go, well, here it all is. Mm -hmm. Instead of sitting with and processing as it's happening in your life.
0: Yeah. And and it can look totally different depending on how long you've been bottling everything up and putting it in that time capsule. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it can come out in really unhealthy ways, right? Right.
1: Yeah, and that's the truth of the matter is we think, oh, I don't want to feel that. It feels yucky. And really pushing emotions down like that can have unhealthy consequences, whether it's like blood pressure or, Mm -hmm. you know, hypertension or whatever. We're just we're just holding on to it in that because we're afraid to feel we're afraid to feel that. Yeah. And I know you remember me saying like the worst thing that's going to happen is you're going to feel a feeling you don't like. Mm hmm. Really? For the most part, that's it. So are you willing to feel that? Right. That's the going through it, not skipping over it.
0: Right. And our brains just want to protect us from feeling like, like, it's almost like you, you build it up in your mind. Like it's way worse than it's actually, than it actually is. So if you'll just sit, I remember one of the sessions I had with you and I don't even remember what we were talking about or anything, but I was having some really intense feelings, like, where you, like, physically feel it, like, coming up your throat almost, yeah. you know? Yeah, And you just helped me sit with it and just feel it and also, like, name it mm-hmm. and describe it. And yeah. that was so profound for me because I was just like, wow, this... And I remember thinking, this feels terrible. I do not. Like, I really wanted to just push it back down. You just have this, I don't know, we're just like trained to do that. Just like push it down, push it down mm-hmm. and don't cry and don't say anything about it. Because if you start talking about it, then it's really going to bubble up, right? Yeah. And then you just helped me feel like it was okay. Okay and i could just i could just sit with it and actually just feel it and you know what it wasn't that bad <laughs> and and honestly i felt like a release of it like it left me it physically left me instead of staying in the pit of my stomach and and it was i i like i said i don't even remember what specific thing we're talking about but i remember feeling incredible shame like this heavy gross shame about whatever it was and when I was able to sit in it 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 was able to just leave like I went through it
1: yeah that's the thing. We build it up in our heads. I always compare it to like doing taxes. Like we're, we just kick and scream. No. Uh, uh, I don't I want to do them. And then you do it. And you're like, oh, wow. Okay. That didn't take nearly as long as I thought. Yeah. I think it's similar with feelings. Like we build it up like. Like, you know, sometimes it's like, I don't know if I won't. What if I can't stop crying?
0: Yeah. What if
1: I do feel like I'm choking because it's that lump in your throat? Uh It's like, well, let's just be with it because the truth of the matter is that's what your body is trying to scream at you. Uh Feel me. Feel my body. Tap into my body. But because we go up into our head, Uh that's where all the judgments are. Totally. We think we shouldn't be feeling all the things that we're feeling. Uh Uh-huh. Right? I should be over this by now. I should be able to move on. I should be able to get it together. Uh-huh. And all of those thoughts are judgments.
0: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, I. It's so weird how <laughs> how your how your brain really is like danger, danger, feelings, feelings, like <laughs> run, hide, and they're not as bad as as we make them out to be.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we, how can we be a friend to ourselves oh, Yeah, we're hurting it yeah. sucks to feel shame i felt that a lot i did a whole podcast on yep how hard shame is and it's it'll, it can eat your life
0: totally but you
1: have to sit with it sit yeah. with the shame have a have a conversation be with it like that's i look at it like all our emotions are our friends mm. and we wouldn't talk to our friends you know if we had a friend who's struggling or crying or heartbroken we wouldn't just be like Get over it. What's your problem? Yeah, oh it's not what we do. Yeah. So. What is
0: that movie about? That with all the little emotion people? Oh
1: yeah. What is that? Oh. I've seen that, and they're different colors that match yes. the emotions.
0: Oh, that's gonna bug me. But that's totally what oh, I'm picturing, yeah. because yeah. there's the there's the little blue girl. <laughs>
1: The tears squirting out. Of her. Yes. yes, and then and then the
0: happy person is just like, oh, shut up, stop talking, get away, like don't like. She just does not want anything to do with her. She wants yeah. her to stay silent and go hide away. And then you know, and then you've got the angry guy that's like they're always trying to control him. And uh, I need to go back and watch that movie. Why can't I, know, I think of too. what it's, it's called? <laughs> good one. It's such a good one. Um but that's okay, that's another thing that is totally tied to what we learned in the church. Because we are supposed to we're supposed to please other people. We're supposed to care about other people's feelings. We're supposed to control our own and we're supposed to like not trust ourselves. Like mm-hmm. we totally learn to not trust ourselves. We're just supposed yeah. to be obedient even if we don't understand. We're supposed to, you know, listen and and do what they say, regardless of, you know, we don't know why. Yeah. Half the things we're just like, why are we doing this? But we've just been so conditioned to not listen to our own authority. And that's right. been such a huge piece of the work that I've done with you is helping me to listen to myself mm-hmm. and trust myself.
1: Yeah. Because... We're just supposed to bow our head and say yes. yes. Oh. <laughs> That's not healthy. Yeah. In any relationship.
0: No. Yeah. I always think of that scene in the temple movie when, when Adam and Eve are kicked out of the garden and Adam is preparing a sacrifice or something. And the, the Peter, James and John came and say, come and say, yes. what are you doing? And he's like, I'm just doing what I've been told. I have no idea why. I mean, that's not the words he uses, but essentially that's yeah, what he's saying, that's right? The, yeah. I, I don't know why, but this is what they told me to do, so I'm doing it. And that's what they're teaching us to do. Do it, yeah. even if you don't understand it, or you don't know why, and there's literally no point to any of this shit. <laughs> right. But right. just do it, because we said. And you really do subvert your own authority for theirs. That's, and especially as women, we do this.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's... I, I'm going to mention my wildflower weekend since you were part of it. Like yes. this year, the theme is trusting yourself because. Oh, I love that. After, you know, coaching so many women, I see, and men, actually, men too, it's yeah. that inability to trust ourselves because we think we're going to do it wrong, which is for surely tied to black and white thinking, which is mm-hmm. I have coined, like, not coined the CTR, but I did a podcast on CTR versus CTW. Like oh. choose the right versus choose the wrong. Like ah. it's only one or the other. Totally. Right? Yep. So yeah. So this, this year we're going to have the theme being learning how to trust yourself trust because yourself. we don't, we don't put enough, I don't know. We don't give ourselves enough credit for all the things we've been through and to make decisions for ourselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So 100%. And here I am at 46, you know, just learning to trust my own damn self. Instead of always subverting to someone else, Mm -hmm. always a man, too. Mm -hmm. Like that, that fucks with your brain. It really does in a lot of ways. So I love, so, t- t- cause I want our listeners to know, uh, do you have any more spaces in your wildflower weekend yeah, or is it all yeah, filled I up? Do. Yeah, I've okay. only been
1: talking about it for a couple weeks. So,
0: so last, um, last year you did your first wildflower weekend in 2021, yes. right? Uh, and yeah. I attended and it was a weekend over general conference. Are you doing it over general conference mm-hmm. again this year? Okay. Over yes. general conference, you guys, <laughs> this is the best thing ever. Okay. You get to just spend some really beautiful time with a bunch of beautiful people. It is, yeah. oh, it just filled me up in so, so, so many ways. Yes. And and just like a little side effect was the fact that I completely forgot about General Conference the whole time. <laughs>
1: yeah, always a good thing.
0: It right? didn't even cross my mind. And I didn't have to listen to one damn word, right? Yeah. And, yeah. oh, that made me so happy. So I That's highly, cool. highly recommend yeah. Wildflower Weekend. Tell everybody where to go and how to find information about it.
1: Yeah, so Wildflower Weekend this year. So Sept- I added a day because everyone's like, let's yes. just go on and on. So yes. it's going to be three days this year. So September 30th through October 2nd, um, downtown Salt Lake City. Okay. I've rented the presidential suite at the Sheraton. So you guys will all just be coming to my place for each day. And then um, we're going to have a seventies night out where we're all, I just ordered my seventies clothes. Yeah, (laughs) I'm a a seventies baby. So I'm like, let's just do a seventies. Yeah. That's so So, fun. Yeah. It's going to be lots of fun and just, you know, part of the best, it's just being together with other people who, who really understand what you've been through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whatever you need coaching on is what we'll talk about. It might be about the church. It might not. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not necessarily all about the church, even though we have that common commonality amongst us all, but it's just healing together. I am, to go back to your question, I am all about healing,
0: Mm -hmm. right? Like
1: it is easy to stay stuck in all the things because the church gives us never ending content to talk about and bitch about and moan about. Yep. But at some point you have to take ownership of it and think, okay, how do I want to move on? And that doesn't mean you don't keep your toe. Like I still pay attention. I right. still talk about things and I still get angry at times. Like what the fuck? Uh-huh. <laughs> this is incredible that this church had such a grip on us. Yes. I get it. Yeah. But there comes a point in time, I think, where you have to decide you're going to set some of that stuff down Mm, uh because it can keep you in that festered place Uh where you haven't done the healing work. And so that's what I'm all about. And that's kind of going back to like what my mission is, is, is to keep you or to help you get to that place where you can heal because you might not see all the intersections of what this has done to our brains and Uh how it has kind of fucked with our heads in so many ways. And so the life coaching to me is, like I said, it's so sacred and it's helping you see your blind spots. Uh-huh. Cause you know how sometimes you're like, I didn't even see that. Like in some of our sessions, like totally. I didn't even see that that's connected to something that I was taught as in primary. Like We yep. just don't always make the connections and I'm able to show you that, but it's really about healing. And I think that's what my, my goal has been all along since kind of talking about the authority in the church and men in charge. Like I said, when I started, I didn't see women yeah. and I feel so strongly that as, as women who've grown up in a patriarchal system, I mean, men and women have both grown up in a patriarchal system and oh, yeah. I also work and help men through. Yeah.
0: Cause it hurts, the hurts the men stress. too. That absolutely. patriarchy absolutely yeah. hurts men. Yeah.
1: It hurts us in different ways. Right. And so healing needs to be done all the way around. But um, it's just so important to me to help people and to, you know, I thought, well, I can be a voice. Now there's many women in in the, you know, in the Exmo community, which is a good thing. More voices, the better. The Uh more of us kind of singing the same song and seeing how much healing needs to happen. Yeah. It's really, yeah, this work's super important to me.
0: It really is. It's so important to me now, too. I am a believer 100% in Just the good that comes from it, it's helped me so much to manage my mind, to really just take control of things instead of feeling like a victim of the circumstance or of you know a lot a lot of my stuff has been relationships you know that and a lot of times I would just feel like I'm a victim you know of this certain relationship that I hate how it's going and I hate how this person's treating me and I don't know how to stand up for myself or I don't know how to stop people pleasing and these are all things that you've helped me with to just like get my mind straight about it and it's been yeah. so huge and so healing so I'm i so, love so it
1: glad. i was gonna say um like the church taught us to speak up for truth and righteousness oh right? my
0: gosh yes <laughs>
1: but not when you actually know <laughs> any when truth. you yeah. actually start finding the truth mm-hmm. and you want to share it so i think that's why so many of us do feel so passionately about helping <laughs> people because we've been taught that it's ingrained in us yeah,
0: At, every member a missionary <laughs>
1: Right, yeah. Can I? So I have a dog named Truman. I need to let him out. Can is oh, that okay if I just yes. open the door? Hold on.
0: Of course, of course. She has the cutest puppy.
1: He's sitting there whining at me. Like, oh, okay, go out. He's um, getting big. He's, he's I, so I saw weird. him behind you. He's so funny. Tell us but about but your he's puppy, named Truman. <laughs> so when I saw the Truman Show, and I can't remember when it came out, but for all these years, I'm like. I'm going to name my dog Truman. (laughs) It's so perfect. (laughs) It's so perfect in that that movie had such an impact on me when I woke up. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my gosh, we were just like Truman. Mm -hmm. And so we have this little golden retriever who's eight months old and (gasps) he's just the best, sweetest dog you'll ever meet. And so he's kind of my... You yeah. know, he just means a lot to me. And I finally, we finally got him. So Aww, yeah.
0: I love that so much. So, so much. So if people want to sign up for Wildflower yeah. Weekend, they can go to your website. Yep.
1: Yeah, so my website's com. Okay. Or if you type in Mormonology is the name of my podcast, um, all roads lead to com. Okay. So, um, and there I have all the information and you can pay right there, you okay. know. Through the website, or I've even offered. I just put out a podcast last week where, if you want to sit down and talk with me about it, because it does cost money. And yeah, it's an investment. I totally get that. Yeah, and if you want to talk to me personally, I've got a link on my website where you can sign up for a mini session huh. and ask me all the questions. questions. And this goes for life coaching, and if if you want to come to the Wildflower Weekend, okay, then you can talk to me one on one and ask me whatever you want to know about all the things and. Yeah,
0: Yeah, and you can sign up for life coaching there. I've also done, and I don't know if you're going to be doing any more group coaching, but um, I've done one-on-one coaching quite a bit. And then I've also done, I did the Wildflower Weekend, and I also did a group coaching session with you that was fantastic. And we just, you know, it was over Zoom with a bunch of women. And that was so great too. I don't know if you're going to maybe offer another one of those in the future.
1: Yeah, I plan on doing that once a year. So that oh, okay, feminism after religion. Yes. Because I think we all become who? We all become this. Well, I'm going to say we all do. We probably don't all. <laughs> <laughs> if this speaks to you, yeah, mm. we become feminists. We start to yeah. see how patriarchy has kept us down and our voices muted. Yes. And no more muting ourselves. Like, right. no, we are taking off that and we are learning why patriarchy has kept us down. And I am a strong believer in intersectional feminism, which means seeing how um, systemic racism, how all, just all the systems intersect Mm -hmm. um, between women of color, people of color. Mm -hmm. Um, And of course, any kind of, what are, like we talked about so many things and now I'm drawing a blank. Oh my gosh, um, yeah. But just like ableism and Mm -hmm. of course racism and sexism and all the isms ageism they all intersect and why we why especially as white women we think a certain way Mm -hmm. and how we need to deconstruct that as well totally and so um yeah that's a course i do once a year yeah um this the group you were in was the first and i'll probably do that in february I'll open that up in february yeah i think we did it in the springtime but we'll do i'll do it earlier this year but um Yeah, yeah, my work's just about helping you see the the deep neural pathways in your brain and how we can make new neural pathways, which is hard. Yeah, it's it takes hard work. To change. Yeah, it does take work. So, a lot of my clients are like, "I'm exhausted." <laughs> <laughs> it's like because now your brain's working in different ways that it wasn't before. It's yeah. like why you feel so tired through faith crisis.
0: Yeah, because
1: it you are literally re-making new connections in your brain, and mm-hmm. you have to rethink everything right it's not just i'm not going to church on sunday like if it was only that easy
0: right oh my gosh yeah yeah and and the the new like learning new ways to think new patterns it totally takes practice like mm-hmm. i can you know you can teach me something and i'll be like oh my gosh I it clicks i totally get it yada yada and then you know the next day i'll just be like Like totally doing the same thing I've done for a million years, thinking, you know, in the wrong way again, and I'd be like, "Duh! I'm so stupid!" Like, what? I Amy told me this, you know. I I need to stop myself and think, but it takes practice because your brain is just so used to going down that same pathway it's always gone on, and we our brains like love to tell stories or like solve problems. So when a situation arises, your brain just like figures out, fixes or solves the problem of like what's happening and tells you a story. And unless you know to stop and ask questions and say, is that true, though? Like, is the story I'm telling myself what's actually happening here? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Unless you know to do that and you practice it, you'll just keep going down that pathway every single time.
1: Totally. And in order to do that, you have to slow down. I just did this this morning. This is kind of funny. I don't even know why I did it. Okay. I thought I'm going to try brushing my teeth with my left hand. <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> because I'm right-handed and for some reason I was, I'm usually trying to do 10 things at once. I was yeah. probably moving something on the, you know, the bathroom counter. And, <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, this is, I, this feels so strange to me to try to brush my teeth yeah. with my left hand. <laughs> and I think, you know, you could learn how to do that, right? But it's going to take you, you're going to be frustrated at first. Yeah. Because... You're not used to doing it, and you're not used to the fast way that you brush your teeth. It's the same way with your thoughts. Like, in order to to think a new thought, you have to slow down.
0: Yeah. To
1: start to internalize, like, what does that really mean? Yeah. What am I going to stop believing about myself? Yeah. That's so readily available that Mm -hmm. when it comes into my brain, I have to think, remember, Amy, you don't think that way anymore. Yeah. And it's hard.
0: It's training. It's hard to
1: make that. So that practice piece is so important. Yeah. You know, to really go. Okay, no, this is just like starting a yoga practice or starting. Yes. Whatever kind of new thing you're gonna do in your life that you've never done before, you have to kind of will, be willing to suck at it first.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and just
1: think, okay, I, I'm not good at this yet, but that's okay. It's new. I, yeah. Why would I be good at this?
0: Yeah. Yeah, one of the biggest things and I did a whole episode on this. I talked about you through the whole episode <laughs> was the body image stuff. I and I don't have this perfect by any means, but I can tell you that I have like turned an actual corner of like
1: nice.
0: There is an actual shift that happened. When I kept practicing these tools, I, I had a, you know, a notification on my phone. It was like my lock screen and it had a little thing that says yes. I can love my body or whatever. And I had notes on my mirror and, and I had little things that reminded me. And I can't believe, I can't believe that like it worked. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not perfect, but I, it's right. so much better than it was. Yeah. And like I, I still have thoughts and I catch myself and I slow down. And I ask questions and I go inward and say, like, what do I actually want to feel about this? So man, it just the work is so powerful. I cannot tell you, like, from the time I was even aware of my body, I hated it. Oh yeah. And it didn't matter what size it was. It did it it's all in your head. It's in your yep. freaking head because, you know, I, I there's that the fact that I can Look at a picture of myself, you know, 50 pounds ago and say, wow, I wish I looked like that. But then remember that when I look like that, I was not happy
1: with the way I looked. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's proof right there that it really is just in your head. It's not. It's
1: really your thoughts. Yeah. And, And think about like anything in your life, any relationship, whether it's with your body or with a friend or a partner is literally your thoughts about that person or yourself.
0: Mm, that's what the relationship is
1: the relationship is the thoughts Mm.
0: yeah
1: because like think how many people have gotten married or have been in a a significant other relationship and they've been with that person for a long time and all of a sudden that person's annoying (laughs) that person hasn't for the most part probably changed who they are Mm. Your thoughts about the thing that maybe you thought was so adorable at first (laughs) now drives you crazy (laughs) It's literally your thoughts about the thing. Uh It's not the person. They're just being who they are. Yeah. You've got the work to do. It used to
0: be so adorable.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And now I want to wring your neck. (laughs) Oh, that's so so true. And so that's how aware I want people to be. Do you remember in, um, in our group, in our Feminism After Religion, I think I shared... The image of that little baby looking at her feet oh yes and she was like she had just found her feet yes and she's probably six months seven months I don't know yeah and she's just looking at these feet like this is amazing that that curiosity like she'd wiggle her toes and and she just keep looking at it like realizing these are attached to whatever this thing is that I am you know yes I don't, I don't know what a seven month old thinks about themselves probably yeah. nothing but they're just finding their feet and I think that curiosity that the baby had with her feet is what, how you need to examine your brain. Mm. You need to have that much curiosity that you're looking at the habitual thoughts that you think with just like, wow, that's an interesting thought. Yeah. (laughs) Why do I think that? How long have I been thinking that? Why do I want to keep it? Maybe I like that thought. Maybe I don't like that thought. Um, Because then at that point you can decide.
0: Yeah. Instead of just accepting it as a fact or as an absolute truth, you can stop and decide how you feel about it. And is it right. true or is, does it feel good? Right. right.
1: And that's so much more empowering yeah. than just beating yourself up because you think all these thoughts
0: yeah. and that you haven't
1: examined enough to know that those are optional. All thoughts, yes. everything that goes across your brain is optional. Woo. <laughs>
0: I love that so much. Yeah. Well, yeah,
1: I Do, geek out.
0: You know how I am. Me too. I just love it so much. Yeah, me too. And and I could probably talk to you for hours and hours and we would never run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> I know. That's I, so true. I love that you are my friend. Oh, you I are just, my friend. Oh my gosh. I, I yes. needed you at the time when I needed you. You just like showed up in my life and oh, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for it. And. If anybody has not discovered Amy yet, I hope that you will. Go find her. Go search her out. Go listen to her podcast.
1: Don't be be turned off by the term life coach. I see a lot of people (laughs) like, oh, I need therapy. Yes, do therapy. I have a lot. Actually, some of my clients do both at the same time. Yeah. But the feedback I hear is kind of like what you're saying. Like, no, but you gave me actual things I can do. Yeah to practice how to do this. It wasn't I mean it is kind of a talk therapy situation. Uh-huh. I'm not a therapist by any means I don't. I yeah. just need to make that clear. Yes. But um life coaching can be a beautiful experience and can change your life.
0: Totally. 100%. And that's how it's been for me. There's there's so much empowerment in recognizing your thought patterns and like feeling empowered by The idea that you can change your thoughts and that you get to decide. And there's just, uh, yeah, there's just so much. And even like, I haven't been doing, I haven't done one-on-one coaching with you for a little bit, but I'm, I've been thinking multiple times this summer. I'm like, I need to jump back on and and we need, we need to schedule some (laughs) sessions. So after we're done recording, we (laughs) need to schedule, um, Because, yeah, there's there's constantly new things that come up that I'm that I'm like, okay, I need to work through that. I need to I need to talk to Amy about this. I think that all the time I need to talk to Amy about this. (laughs) What would Amy do? That's yeah, yeah. Instead of what would Jesus do, what would Amy do? That's so
1: funny. It's
0: so great. I just love you to the moon and back. So thank you so much for coming here today. I
1: just, I love you so much. Like, you have no idea. Like, (laughs) my clients become my friends. I
0: love being one of them. Oh, thank you so much. I love it, love it, love it. And uh, is there anything else to, that you wanted to share that you didn't get to or
1: Gosh, any parting thoughts? So much like I like, yeah. you, like you said, like I said, it could go on forever. But <laughs> really, it's like just deciding, right, making a decision mm-hmm. and stick and trusting yourself, trusting because yourself. We will always come down to that trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. I think the problem. See, here I go. I'm going. You're on. good. No, <laughs> the problem is we think that in order to trust yourself, that means we have to do it right.
0: Mm. And
1: I think that's a big hang up for so many people. Yes. Which is tied to perfectionism as well. By totally. The way. We have to do it perfectly. We can't trust ourselves if we mess up. But no, we, we're human. We get to mess up. Well, yeah. And what if
0: there's not a right way or a wrong yeah. way to do it? Like that idea alone kind of blows your mind because we've always, it's so ingrained in us that there's a
1: right way
0: and a wrong way.
1: Yeah, and that trips us up for a really long time.
0: Mm-hmm. So, what if like there's there. not? Yeah, and what yeah. if whatever way you do it is going to be just fine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, the trusting yourself piece. Yeah, but
1: I think we, I think we solved all the world's problems. I think, think we did. We did. Okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everything's fixed now. We're good. We can all go home.
1: <laughs> That's right.
0: We got it all down. Oh, awesome, awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank and you for having me. Yeah. Anytime. Okay. Oh, you're so wonderful. Okay, take care. Okay. I will <laughs> see, ya. see you soon. Okay, bye. Bye. Whoa.